Welcome to the Raising Successful Kids podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss and explore how to raise children to be successful in all areas of their life. Irene Santanier is a working mum of an entrepreneurial child and shares a passion with her husband to see children succeed. And now, introducing your host, Irene Santanier. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Raising Successful Kids. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Today is the first of our Ultra episodes. If you remember in a previous podcast, um, I interviewed Julian Hall, founder of Ultra Education, and they're going to take every fifth episode or so of the podcast and it will just be either Julian talking or one of the coaches. So today I've got Julian in front of me and um, I'm really looking forward to what he's going to say and I'm sure you're going to get so many golden nuggets out of the information he's going to share with us. So without further ado, over to Julian. So welcome everyone, Uh, Julian Hall here and I am the founder of Ultra Education. So for those of you who don't know, Ultra Education is a company which teaches entrepreneurship to seven-year-olds and we go all the way up to 18. So one of the questions that I've always had is how do you teach entrepreneurship to kids at such a young age and even though we advertise that we start at seven years old actually we've had entrepreneurs that have been uh, four five years old so when we first started we developed a pedagogy uh, an educational approach to how we actually teach entrepreneurship to children and young people so what I'd like to do today Uh, for all of you parents and teachers out there, is to talk you through step-by-step that pedagogy, that approach, that philosophy that we use to teach entrepreneurship uh, to kids. So uh, this actually came from uh, my own experience of business, running both successful businesses and businesses that haven't been successful, and coming up with a process, a cycle, which we've simplified Uh, to enable young people and also our teachers and parents to guide their students and their children through this approach to both teach entrepreneurship, but actually set up a micro business that enables them to, as I describe entrepreneurship as being a practical sport. So practically how they can take the, uh, the mechanics and the dynamics of entrepreneurship and do something really special with it. So for those of you who are familiar with our work, if you go onto our website, we define an entrepreneur as somebody who does what they love and then makes some money from it. And it's quite a a useful suggestion. You know, there are kids who, uh, you know, love absolutely everything from slime to playing football, to watching YouTube, to eating food. And the great thing about that is that there's a business behind almost anything. So our baseline for how we approach teaching entrepreneurship is to ask uh, the children and the young people that sit in front of us, uh, what do you love doing? What are you passionate about? And the reason we start there is because when you look at the, uh, or read the autobiographies or watch the interviews of really successful entrepreneurs, uh, they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they're really passionate about solving a problem. They're passionate about uh, contributing something to to society, creating a change, 
causing some disruption and making a difference. And that really excites them to, uh, you know, both make that, uh, create that impact and to do it at scale. So they may have uh, started off really small, um, but the idea that they could get from, you know, uh, one person that's benefited from what they're doing to millions is really exciting for any entrepreneur. So they really love what they're doing. And Steve Jobs said it best, which was the only way to do great work is to do what you love. So we start there. Uh, now, that sounds really, sounds really good. You know, start with your passion and start by doing what you love. But actually, when you sit in front of kids and even teenagers and ask them what they're passionate about, what they love doing, that could be quite an introspective question. And, and actually, uh, we've not been taught to be introspective. So we worked out early on that some kids can answer that question, uh, but most can't. So we worked out a way to help, uh, a number of ways actually, to help work out, you know, what is it that you are passionate about? What is it that you, that you really love doing? Uh, so uh, you can ask your kids a number of questions. You can say things like, uh, you can ask things like, what is it that you do without being asked to do? Or uh, what is it you do without being told to do? So if they are consistently doing something that uh, they're doing of their own free will, chances are they're really passionate about it. Uh, another question you can ask is what makes you smile? Uh, and immediately, you know, you ask that question to kids or to anyone and they'll start smiling, thinking about the thing that they love doing. So that's another way of teasing out that answer. Um, but then you find that, you know, <clears throat> as we are, humans are passionate about lots of things and kids love lots of things. So once you've got them to the point where they kind of understand what they're passionate about and what they love doing, get them to write it down uh, and just get them to write on a list without any association with making money from it. Just write down a list of all of the things that they're passionate about and that they love doing. And then once they've got that list, uh, they may have a list of five things or 10 things, then just get them to prioritize it, get them to tell you what's most important um, and to start crossing things off their list and ask them if you could only do, you know, three things out of that list, what, what would it be? Um, and then once they've got down to that top three, ask them if they could only do one of those things, which one would it be? Uh, and, you know, get them to cross those, the, the, another two off their list. Um, and if you find that they're having a really hard time deciding, then, you know, count down and say, well, look, in five seconds, if you can't work out which one of those three things you, you can only do, then you won't be able to do any of them. And you'll find that the brain will start to work and they don't want to lose everything. So they'll work out uh, which one that they really love doing. Once you've gotten them to that point, then you can then expose what the business models are around it. So, for example, um, if you know it works out that there's... Uh, you know, a student or a child that loves football, for example, um, then you can start to look at all of the different businesses that sit around football, of which there are many. And actually, uh, in one of the uh, sessions that I did very early on, uh, there was the, there's a meme which says, um, uh, my teacher told me to do what I love, but I'm not sure I can get paid from watching football. So this is obviously quite an old meme. Because if you type football into YouTube, then you'll see that there were lots of football channels in YouTube uh, with millions of views, young people who are uh, providing a commentary around football. And they get millions of views. As we know, there's a business model around YouTube where they can uh, either 
promote products, they can get sponsorship, or they can get paid off ad revenue. So just doing some research online uh, based on the thing that that young person, your student, your child is interested in, um, will uncover some uh, some options, some business and revenue models around the types of things that you can do to connect that idea with something that actually makes money. Uh, the last thing, actually, just on that, is just because someone is passionate about something doesn't mean they're good at, that they're good at it. And just because they're good at something, it doesn't mean they're passionate about it. So often we um, hear adults tell kids, oh, you're really good at this. Uh, why don't you do that as a business? And, you know, you see the, the kids' eyes start to roll because uh, they might be good at it or they might be good at a subject in school, but it doesn't mean that they actually enjoy it. So as part of that process is about trying to connect uh, what they're passionate about, but also if they're, if they're good at it, if they think that they're good at it as well. Uh, and if you can marry those two things, then chances are that's something that uh, is a possibility that they can do for a business. So that's the first thing. That's the start with passion bit. Uh, once they've kind of gotten an idea of what they want to do, so for example, uh, we had had one student who she was just good at everything, she loved everything and she was really good at everything. Um, but we narrowed it down to her doing a uh, a cookbook for uh, for busy dads that, you know, we got it down to that kind of niche. Um, but we got it down to that niche because she started off by saying, look, you know, she's she's good at writing and she loves food. So that's where we come up with this idea of doing a cookbook. But when she started to research cookbooks, she realized that there were like loads and loads of cookbooks out there. In fact, um, for those of you who don't know, uh, cooking is one of the most well-written. In fact, it is the most popular category of books out there. You know, there are more books written about cooking than anything else. So she realized that, you know, she couldn't just do a book about cooking and she actually had to think of some kind of niche. So, you know, she looked at, you know, what are the problems around cooking, you know, in kind of modern life? And she realized that, you know, dads don't cook enough and, you know, they don't do it sometimes because they're too busy. And I think she was thinking about her own dad. So she thought it would be a good idea to come up with an idea for a cookbook for busy dads. Um, so kids want their dads to cook and mums want the dads to cook. <laughs> uh, but actually, it's probably too difficult. So let's think of some, you know, simple things that dads can do. And that became her niche. And she did that through, which is the second stage I'm talking about, which is research. So once you found the thing that, you know, they're passionate about and they're good at, go out and do some research and see who's doing what. Now, a couple of caveats here. Uh, one, uh, there's a good chance that uh, there isn't a child doing that business. Uh, you know, because this kid entrepreneurship thing is still quite new, uh, there is probably room for your child or your student to do that business and for the unique selling point uh, to be the fact that it is a young person or child doing it. Um, if that's not enough of a selling point, um, then you need to think about, okay, how can they add their own um, take to, uh, you know, their own personality to that product, to that service? Um, and it could be by you know, making it more, uh, making it more enjoyable for kids. So it could be that it, it, that the brand, that the idea or the, the, the name of the business that they come up with is really appealing to kids. Um, it could be that they are using technology more. So they're using things like Snapchat or Instagram um, or apps or YouTube to, uh, to engage or to make uh, their business easier to run and to manage and to bring to market. 
um, or it could be something completely different. So, for example, my daughter, she, she's really into slime. And I didn't know, but there are 20 different types of slime. Who would have guessed? Uh, but actually, you know, she can then uh, create new types of slime. And there are new types of slime coming out every day. Uh, and, and actually, uh, she's created her own types of slime. So she's been able to find a niche, her own niche within a growing niche. Uh, so understanding what already exists out there. And that's just a Google search away. So definitely use Google, also use YouTube, which is the world's second biggest search engine, uh, and look on social media. So putting those keywords in uh, the search engines, in social media, and see what else is happening. But do it with your child, do it with your students so they can see firsthand what else is happening out there um, so that you can use that as, as a way to uh, just do some, some desk research. And then once you've done that desk research, then, you know, put the word out to family and friends and say, you know, what do you think of this idea? Um, do you know of anyone else doing it? And see what feedback you get. Now, what's really important for these first two steps is uh, there's no need to rush any of this. So we've had students who have come to us who already have a passion um, and it's, it's, a, it's a genuine passion. Uh, we've had students who have come to us and parents have said, oh, you know, my son or daughter already has a business only for us to find out that it's really the parents' business or, you know, they're not really passionate about that business at all. Um, and then we've had, you know, kids who've come to us with absolutely no idea of what they want to do. Uh, so whatever stage that they're at, because uh, it, it's quite important and it's quite an introspective thing that you're asking that child to draw out. Uh, it, again, it doesn't need to be rushed. Um, and just try and find the method Try and find the approach that works well for that child so or that student. Uh, just because, you know, if one method doesn't work, then perhaps, you know, go online, uh, ask another one of our ultra teachers which method that they use, which approach that they've used to tease that out. And the research bit, you know, sometimes you need to sit back and just have a look at what's out there to decide, uh, you know, what, what which direction, you know, you want to go in. So again, no need to rush these things. Um, they can take few days, a few weeks, it could even take a few months. And sometimes it may even change halfway through. So all of that is fine. But the research bit is really important because again, you can see what's what's happening out there, um, see what other kids are doing, see what other adults are doing. And then the point of the research is to find an angle, find a way that you can create something which is slightly different. Which brings us to the third step of now that you've found what you're passionate about, uh, you've then worked out uh, whether or not you're going to, uh, you, you've worked out what your niche is, what your angle is going to be. Then you've got to decide uh, what you're going to create. So are you going to create a product or are you going to create a service? So you could, you know, be, uh, you could be passionate about walking dogs, right? Um, and we had a, a girl who was uh, about 10 or 11 years old and she was passionate about dog walking, but we knew that she couldn't have a dog walking business because she was too young. Uh, but we didn't tell her that. What we did was we had her explore other options. Um, and eventually she productized her love of walking dogs. So she came up with a bunch of posters, which she designed and sold, which, uh, which were her dog walking tips. Um, all we had to do to put her off the idea of dog walking was suggest that She'd be walking in the cold, the rain, and she'd have to pick up the poop. So by the time she'd realised that, she was kind of put off the idea of actually walking dogs, but she knew a lot about the topic. 
so she could create some posters to start with. Um, and then later on, the idea was that she could maybe create a small ebook and then, you know, a, a book of itself to encapsulate her, her, her knowledge on the topic. So understand whether you're going to create a product or a service is really important. Um, and, you know, again, that could change and they could end up having both. Another one of our students um, had a passion for finance and helping, you know, kids with, um, you know, having to account for their, for their, for their money and their business and started uh, providing a service for 10 to 18 year olds on, uh, on how to manage their money better. And in realizing that, you know, de delivering that service meant that uh, they could only make money if they were there. You know, you can only make money delivering a service if you're the one delivering it. Um, and realizing the limitations of that, he then decided to create a product. So he decided to create a software product um, that enabled uh, young people and adults actually to have a much easier bookkeeping experience. So now they do both. They have a service, which they can do face-to-face, -face, and they have a product, which they can, which they've created once. And that, you know, in his words, he said that, you know, it's actually not too difficult to create um, profit from this product because I've spent, you know, a certain amount of money to create it. And now the rest of it is going to be profit. So, uh, so understand whether or not you're going to create a product or service is really important. Um, there is, one isn't easier than the other. Um, they both need to be considered and actually thinking about the customer. Uh, have a look at what other products and services exist out there and think about the one that your child or your student would enjoy doing the most. So some kids enjoy uh, the hands-on experience of going out and delivering that service. Some kids just actually want to create the product themselves and give it away um, for a fee. So, and have them do both and see which one uh, they like the most, um, which one they're most excited about, um, and you can experiment and work that out. So after you've decided whether or not you know, you, you've got that, you, whether you're, you're creating this product, or you're creating this service, then comes commercial. And it's about working out, uh, you know, how much is the thing going to cost to make um, and how much you're going to sell it for. So you can then go back to the research bit and see what you found in terms of uh, how much things are co cost in the market and whether or not you're going to be low end, medium end or high end. And one of the things that we've noticed, uh, well, a few things we've noticed when students are pricing uh, their products and services, they, they forget the cost of their own time. So this then brings up a useful conversation about how much your time is worth, how much people get paid for their time, what minimum wages, what the most per hour people get paid. And it, it, you know, it becomes quite an interesting conversation because usually that's the first time kids or young people have been presented with this concept of, uh, the, of their time being of some kind of value. And then they can start to benchmark what they think against what's, what actually happens out in the real world. And then, you know, working out uh, how much uh, an hourly rate uh, uh, marries with things that they are used to buying. So if they're used to buying trainers, which cost £100, how many hours do you need to work to buy those trainers? Um, so that they can start to uh, put it into context. You can have that quite useful discussion with them. Uh, but if, for example... Uh, we had one student who baked uh, vegan uh, um, cakes and cookies and she realised, you know, it maybe cost 50 pence to make one of her uh, muffins and she wanted to sell them for a pound, but she hadn't included how long it took her to make these, um, to make these vegan cupcakes. 
So, you know, she did some calculations around, you know, just over minimum wage, how long it took her, um, and then she fed that back in. But actually, she also forgot the fact that vegan muffins aren't that common, right? So if something is more scarce, then you can put a premium on it. And this was at around the time of our first fair. So uh, I, I explained that because the fair is going to be in a posh place, you can sell it for a little bit more too. You can actually add another 50p. Um, and then, you know, she started to realise, actually, this is the reason why um, there are some cupcake companies who sell their cupcakes for quite a lot of money because they're including all of those overheads, all of those considerations, even the packaging. So, you know, the packaging costs money. So uh, how do you factor that in to the commercials, to how much things cost? Um, and at the end of it, you've then got to try and make a profit. So you've got to be able to do things in a cost-effective manner, but you've got to be able to sell them for enough so that it's worth your while. Uh, if you, you know, you're spending a whole day baking 50 cupcakes, is it enough that you're going to make £20 at the end of the day because you've not put a big enough profit margin in there? And so all of those things they need to consider. They may enjoy the process of creating that product or service, but if they're not making enough money at the end of it, then they probably won't be motivated. You know, that's going to be one of the motivating factors to encourage them to do it again. So make sure that there's enough profit in there so that they feel like they want to keep going. Uh, the next thing is then, you know, so we've worked out how much, we've worked out what they're passionate about. We've then had a look into the market to research what other people are doing. They then decided whether or not they're going to turn that uh, passion into a product or service. They've worked out uh, what the profit and loss looks like um, and how much time they're going to have to spend and what they uh, what their time is worth and all the rest of it. Um, and then they need to decide, okay, how are they going to sell this thing? So whether, are they going to sell it online or offline? Are they going to sell it to family and friends? Are they going to sell it to strangers? Are they going to set up a website? Are they going to have a market stall? Are they going to sell it in school? Or are they going to sell it at events? Or is it going to be all of, all of the above? So usually, uh, and you know, we're quite fortunate today that if you want to sell something online, you can just set up a social media page. So if we have, you know, kids who want to set up a t-shirt business, for example, um, today you can just set up an Instagram page and they can literally start selling from their Instagram um, at, at zero cost. Uh, platforms like Shopify, uh, you can set up for a month for free. Things like Wix are also very low cost, if not free. Uh, if you want to get a brand new domain name from somewhere like GoDaddy or 123Reg, you can get it for like 99 pence. So there were very, very low cost ways for kids to actually start selling uh, their, their products and services. Uh, there are lots of community events that happen, um, lots of business events. So if you go into something like Meetup or Eventbrite and have a look at uh, the types of um, events that are happening offline, then you could also, you can always contact the organizers and you know, see if you can uh, nab a stall uh, and you know, use that as a place for your child or student to uh, pitch their products and services to the world. Um, at Ultra, we run uh, a couple of, a number of events throughout the year uh, where we have our own kids' business fairs. So we provide that environment uh, for our kids to actually sell their products and services to, to the public. Uh, but that's for us where they close the loop. So we've started with this assumption that they love this thing that they're doing and that they can make some money from it. What the fair does and what being able to physically sell their products and services, be it online or offline, does is it qualifies that assumption. So unless they actually start making some money from whatever it is that they, they, they've decided to create, 
they're not going to fully emotionally engage with the process because uh, they're not going to have seen a tangible outcome. And for lots of kids, money is, is a tangible outcome. They can relate to it. They know that they can do something with it. So that last part, sell, is really, really important. And for us, our pedagogy is about taking them from uh, the thing that they're passionate about and guiding them through that six-step process till they get to the point where they are actually selling. Now, the journey doesn't just stop there because whatever they're selling, uh, on the first outing of that sales process, they're going to get some feedback. They're going to get some critical feedback um, from an audience that, um, you know, hopefully isn't uh, biased, but is giving them real feedback. And sometimes that feedback is they've not bought anything or uh, they've haggled on the price because it's too high or because they've kicked the tires around the product or the service and, you know, asked, you know, challenging questions as to, you know, why it's done in a certain way or why it's priced for a certain amount. And all of those things are really good because it means that uh, the child, the student has got to justify, you know, why uh, they're doing what they're doing. Uh, often adults are quite fascinated um, by kids' businesses and they'll ask them why they've done it. So they've got to have that compelling story, which goes back to their passion, which is the reason why the passion bit is so important so that they can articulate that at the point at which they're being challenged, right? Um, and also, uh, if they make sure that you don't do the work for your child, I know it's, it's tempting to do some of the work for your child or your student um, throughout these, these bits, from the research to the, the, to the commercials, but actually, uh, if they are doing it themselves or they're right next to you whilst they're doing it, Whilst they're, when they're in front of somebody and somebody's asking them questions like, where did you get the materials from? Or how much did it cost you to make it? Or, you know, when they're asking them all these business questions, usually because they're, they're fascinated that they're in front of a young entrepreneur, that your child or your student will be armed with the, with the answers to those questions because they've gone through the process themselves. It's really, really important. Um, and then we come full circle because actually uh, once they are, once they've had the experience of selling whatever it is that they've come up with, they'll then know whether or not they're still passionate about it. So we've had kids who have gone through the entire process and, you know, they spent the whole night baking cakes or cookies and then decided that they like eating them, but they're not, they don't like selling them. It's not something that they want to do for a business um, because it's not what they expected. But that's fine. They've now gone through the process and they've come to a, a positive conclusion either way. Um, and some of them actually look at the product and the service and think, okay, actually, I want to change it, I want to add or take away or do something slightly different. Um, so then, again, they worked out whether or not they're still excited, whether or not they're still passionate about something, um, you know, based on their initial assumption. Or they'll go off and do something completely different. They'll, you know, revisit something else on their passion list. And all of that is, is all okay. And, uh, you know, to set the expectation for the teacher and, and for the parents, it's not always about your student or your child uh, starting with an idea and that being the idea that they run with forever. It's more about them learning the mechanics of that business so that if they do try something else, at least they then know how to do the research, how to uh, work out whether or not they're creating a product or a service, how to do the profit and loss, uh, whether or not or, or how they're going to then sell um, that product to the world. They now know the mechanics of business so that they can apply those principles to any other idea going forward so at this point it is okay if they change their mind uh their kids they're allowed to um adult entrepreneurs change their mind all the time so do be flexible and allow them to, to change their mind allow them to explore new things 
um, but see the value in the process and the things that they've learned throughout that process. Uh, and, you know, once they, and if they are still passionate about it, then you can start to think of uh, what else that they can do. So if they're selling cakes and cookies, um, maybe they can start selling them to a shop, to a bakery in, in the local area. Maybe they can, you know, start selling cakes and cookies that are attached to uh, a seasonal event, uh, whether it's Easter or Christmas or Valentine's or, you know, football or whatever it might be. Um, if they're selling online, maybe they can look at selling offline. Uh, they can maybe create a new product range. They can start to become really creative with their idea if they're still passionate about it. Um, so uh, that's our process. That's how we approach teaching entrepreneurship to kids. And throughout that process, there's lots of great learning that happens. So uh, there's lots of English that they have to engage in. There's lots of maths that they have to engage in. The research process uh, there's lots of tech that they need to use and employ when they're developing, um, uh, you know, the, 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 each part of actually their business. So whether they're researching, they're using tech. Um, if they're doing the profit and loss, maybe you can introduce them to, to spreadsheets. Um, when they're doing the sell bit, you can introduce them to setting up, not just becoming consumers of social media, but taking them through, through the process of how they set up their social media to actually sell. Um and often it's, it's a good idea if you're a parent to let the teachers at school know what they're doing. Um, and if you're a teacher, obviously to try and get the support from the parents so that you're building that positive ecosystem around the child so that they've got, they've, they have support both um, in school and at home to guide them through the process. So uh, that is our pedagogy. You can actually go to our website and click on our About Us and you'll see a visual of our pedagogy, which is wrapped around um, our logo. And it will show the, uh, the six-step process. Um, but right in the middle, um, you'll, you'll see the big U, uh, which for most people uh, is the uh, first letter of our company name, which is Ultra. But actually, the reason why the process sits around U is because the U is the individual. It is that young person. It is that, uh, you know, it is personal. So the whole pedagogy, the whole approach to teaching entrepreneurship has to be tailored to that child, to that individual, um, which is why it's a process as opposed to, uh, and it's more of a guide as opposed to us telling young people uh, that they should do a particular business or us suggesting to young people because they're good at something that they should do a particular business type. It's got to be centred around them um, and it's really more about you as the teacher or the parent guiding them through the process and pulling out of them the thing that they're really good at um, and then just presenting all of the options to them throughout the process that can enable them to see what their options are in terms of anything from research to the actual selling of the product. So I hope that was useful. Um, again, you can check out our pedagogy on our website and you can contact us on social media if you'd like to find out more about how we teach. So I hope everybody enjoyed that fantastic episode of Raising Successful Kids with Julian Hall and talking about the ultra philosophy. Uh, as I've already said, the ultra education group are going to be taking every fifth episode of the Raising Successful Kids podcast. Um, so this is episode 15. So look forward to episode 20 and we're going to have lots of value in between as well. Um, but ultra are an amazing organisation who have 
changed um, really how I think about um, entrepreneurship in children and um, educating children to think and be successful, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to have them on board, um, because I think what they do is amazing. Um, so just if you want to get involved with Ultra or you want to find out something about them or follow them on social media, head over to their website, which is www ultra.education. It's as simple as that. Uh, scroll down to the bottom and you'll find all the different links to their Facebook group. Um, they're on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Uh, certainly if you just type in ultra education in any of those social media platforms, you're going to come up with um, either Julian Hall or ultra education. So please connect to them and support them because what they do is very unique and amazing. Um, I've seen them take children who, as, as young as five, who have a passion about what they do, what they have, um, who they are, and turn it into something that's long-lasting and sustainable and scalable as well. And teaching children all of those skills when they're, when they're young, it just becomes part of who they are. Um, it comes becomes part of what they do, and they're not they're not scared by it. They're not scared about trying something else. They take the risk, and if they fail, then all they do is start again, which is amazing. And you know, I, I think what Ultra do is is just incredible. And if you can support that and follow them and share and um, catch their vision, then you know that's that's all the good for the children that we're we have in our lives and that we're coaching and that we're helping to think um, and be successful. So yes, head over to ultra.education, scroll right down to the bottom. You'll find all the social platforms there, um, link into them, follow them, share them, and remember to um, join us for the next episode. And then every episode after that, please continue to support Raising Successful Kids as well as we continue to help our kids think and be successful.